success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. And we have another invincible guest for you today. Today, we have Connie Vanderzanden. She is on a mission to help entrepreneurs live the lifestyles they desire by learning the simple steps, structure, and discipline to create and save money. With 35 years of accounting and bookkeeping experience, a variety of industry knowledge, and her own real-life business growth journey since 2001, Connie developed the Going Beyond Revenue Cash Handling System, focusing on cash flow planning that creates profitable and sustainable businesses. Connie is a true Oregonian, born and raised in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, where she spends time with her husband of 35 years, and their fur kid. Welcome, <laughs> Connie. It's so great to have you here today on the She's Invincible podcast. Thank you, Cami. I'm so uh, excited to be here. I just love podcasts with snarky names. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're snarky over here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, yeah, so fun. So fun. Yeah. So let's do this. Let's just jump in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today? And what makes you invincible? Wow. Well, my journey makes me invincible, but <laughs> I uh, I started out uh, in getting into accounting when I was very young. Of course, I got married at 19. So it's it was when I was didn't know any better. Account numbers were easy. And I built a career and then made a business out of it. And so about, what, what was that? 25 years into the journey, realized I hated it. <laughs> I, I just liked accounting. It didn't bring me any joy. And I ha also created a business that was a lot in debt and I had to find my way out. So I went back to the real reason of why I started the business. And that was the one-on-one -on -one conversations and uh, built a new business, pivoted. And I'm doing coaching and mentoring around cash flow and business right now. And that's my joy. And uh, yeah. So that's, that's how I got here. But what I'm, what's invincible about it is, is all the learning and journey, journey of the business. Um, it, it didn't kill me, but I learned a lot. I was on the floor crying a lot <laughs> and I'm able to come up the other side and help mentor around it. So that's what I'm invincible around. Oh, I love that. I was on the floor crying. Oh my gosh, Connie, that is the reason why the She's Invincible podcast 
had been created. And that is why we tell people, we know where they are. We know they're on the ground. You can't journey to success without a whole lot of time on the ground. And so, yeah, that's why we tell them, we know, we know, and we bring them people like you. So you can tell them I was there. I know how it feels and you can do it. Right. So and we tell them, you have to get back up. You cannot stay. You You can't stay. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so excited to jump into this. Let's talk about this amazing topic today. The revenue trap. I know you're an expert at this (laughs) from education and experience, which is the two E's, right? Yes. Uh, Yes. So let's bring it to the people today. Yeah. Well, when I first got into coaching and uh, the coaches were very focused, and you may be in coaching programs right now, about your top line number. And I remember being in a room full of other women entrepreneurs and everyone wanted to make 10,000 a month. And I was like, Ooh, that sounds good. I want to make 10,000 a month. (laughs) And we would focus on how to create that number, whatever the sales would look like, what the packages would look like. Nobody asked me what I was doing with the numbers. What, what was I, what was I doing with the revenue once it came in? And the reality was, is that I was spending it all because I was a natural spender but my pricing wasn't correct. And a lot of the times we get focused on the top dollar, like making five figures or making six figures or more, but we don't realize how is that money going to support us, our households, our lifestyle and the business. So we actually have to look at it from the opposite direction. How will money support you? What do you need for your household? Like really claim it, really own what you need. And then what does the business need? And then do your pricing and then go for that revenue. Cause not all businesses need to go for that six figure. That's not the shiny bobble. That's going to save everything. It's just, if you want to grow your business and have a bigger business, it may need to be six figures, but a lot of business owners want to make more smaller business, a, a solopreneur and that five figures will probably be just enough for them. But if you want big impact, yeah, it might be six or seven figures. So go back to realize, well, how money is going to support your lifestyle, the business? How do you want to grow it? And then come up with your pricing packages so that you don't get stuck in it. That's that's the revenue trap. I got really tired of hearing on social media. I would be on Facebook or, or Instagram at the time. And everybody was talking about this magic getting to five to six figures. And it just was like, really sad because I I watched business owners get there, but they still weren't paying themselves. They still had no money in the bank. And so it's about, about being more empowered with how you'd like money to support you. And I even had to learn that myself. So. Right. So is there a formula for that? Like, is there like a standard formula that you tell people uh, you know, how, what you, so you get all this money, right? Yeah. Uh, what do you do with it? Right. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about that. It's, yeah. you know, what's, what is that formula? Sure. Well, it's, it's about being intentional. So you, the pillars I teach is that we got to know our numbers first. So figuring out what that looks like, and it doesn't mean you have to go hire a bookkeeper right away. It doesn't mean you have to go get a special tool, accounting software. It, you may need to, you may, because that may help you with automation. That may be easier for you, but we got to know our numbers in some way, like getting paper and pen, pulling bank statements. So you know where you're starting and then you need to dream a little bit. What would you like the business to be in? Cause we have our bare minimum. 
where we're at today, but we want to dream and have a bigger vision of what we would like to grow into. And once you know what those numbers are, including saving for taxes, like, right, you know, say, I'm going to be a business, a true business. I'm going to be a sustainable business. You're going to owe tax. So make sure there's a tax savings line in there. I'm going to create a little bit of savings, profit savings, and I'm going to make sure I'm paying myself. And that's the amount of money that's going to contribute to your household. So make sure you know what that number is as well. And then you can go into pricing. And because that's all taken care of, it should be an easy way of, of moving over to like, okay, now I can see I, I, the business needs to make $60,000, $100,000. And what, how can I do my, my packages? I would recommend also looking at bandwidth. I think that was something that early on when I would get coaching and I would be in mastermind programs, we didn't talk a lot about. And especially <laughs> as I've gotten older, I've realized I can't approach my business like when I was 30. I... <laughs> <laughs> and when I was 30, when I first, you know, when I was first getting started and I came out of accounting, uh, it's, it's, I worked 60 hours and it was easy to do. You would work during the day and then you work, work at night and you would, you would burn it at both ends. Frankly, at 50 plus, <laughs> I can't do that anymore. I just, I, my body, my brain cannot do that anymore. So now I have to be more aware. I think uh, older chicks need to be more aware of their bandwidth and what's an ideal workday so that that comes into play when we're doing our pricing as well, because that's an important part that's missing out. Because you could figure out all these packages over here, but if you cannot deliver or that your body and your brain just needs more downtime, and that's normal, that's, that's actually normal is then you won't still won't make that revenue number. Got it. So question yeah. for you. Yeah. So it's saving for taxes, you know, saving for the dream things for growing, um, paying yourself. This is yeah. one question. And then I have another. So how much, what percentage do you do it that way? Like a recommended percentage of the business earnings that you would pay yourself? What is, what is like the norm or, you know, yeah. acceptable? Yeah. So it depends on where you are in business, but an average for taxes and the difference that I will, I'm going to say now, then if you go to your tax pro, your tax pro is going to go use a percentage that's off your net number. So income less your expenses, your net number is what they want you to save for taxes, but that requires calculation. That requires you being really on top of your numbers. If you use a percentage just based on the revenue number, that makes it easy. So like when I do my um, money management or my money Monday, I look at my deposits for the week and immediately take a certain percentage of what was received and put it into my savings, put it into tax savings, profit savings, and owner's pay. And so taxes can be anywhere from uh, zero to 15%, but 15% is a good start. Now, if you are running on debt and you have a tax loss, you might not need any tax savings right away. But if you're creating a sustainable business, you're paying for your household um, and you're going to have some tax there. So 15%. Um, and then for profit savings, zero to 15% is a good mo model. If you're just starting, when I first started, I had half a percent. And so a quick way to get started on this, you're like, oh my gosh, all my money's coming in. It's all going out in expenses. Well, let's change the habit. 
the first thing you can do is put 1% of every dollar that comes in into your profit account and just let it sit there. Let it sit there and do its little magic because it's funny how that sustainability is created when you have a savings account. And it'll be small at first, but it'll grow and you'll eventually have a couple months worth of expenses in there. It'll Everyone's at a little different amount, but it's it gives you a plan B. It gives you some stable ground to stand on. It's really crazy. And mm-hmm. then for owner's pay, it depends on what type of structure you have, but it could be anywhere from 30 to 50% of what you bring in could go to owner's pay. But okay. it's a really, a really about claiming what your household needs are. Um, Because a lot of the times what I see with small businesses is we treat the business like a bank. And so we get a little bit of money out, but oh, we need $30 here or $100 here. And so it's really using it as an ATM. And the business doesn't understand... <laughs> What do you actually need from me? (laughs) So claim it. And that means being on top of your household expenses as well. What do you actually need? And if you have somebody else that's uh, providing some type of income, take that off the bottom line. And then also make sure your savings over there too, and that you're creating owner's wealth and that, and if you don't need it all for your household, then you can use other things like a pension account or other owner's wealth uh, options that your tax pro can help you walk into. Love it. And then I was, I wrote a few notes about um, things that I want to ask you about as far as expenses go. Yeah. Uh, so there's, you know, there's the business expenses, right? The cost that it, it, it costs yeah. to actually run the business. Mm-hmm. Um, there's reinvesting, right? So there's, you know, self-development like you're, so you're, um, and then outsourcing. So right. there's, there's all of those too. So where does that fall into this business money after we've done our profit savings and our tax savings and we've taken our own profit? Yeah. Well, that's the thing about the cash handling system I teach, and it's based on the book Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Uh, it's it's helping us create smaller buckets. It's like an old diet uh, program. When I was much younger, I went to a dietitian and she gave me a special plate and a special bowl. And it was to help us learn how to have, you know, portions. Same thing. When money comes in, we prioritize and intentionally pay ourselves, save for taxes, save for profit. And then it creates a smaller bucket for our business expenses. And so it, that way we are able to stay within that budget. And so operations, which is marketing, professional development, uh, outsourcing, it's going to be a certain percentage of our revenue. And that's way we can also tell if we haven't priced things right. Because one of my stories is I priced myself for bookkeeping based on my competitors, which we were told to do. And when I went to grow, I forgot to also add a price increase for my new occupancy, my new team members, liability insurance, all of that. Now my $65 an hour I was charging didn't only cover those basic costs, no money for me. And so we have to like make sure that all of that's in there and that's how we create sustainability. And so Looking at your numbers, it's going to be anywhere from, I mean, I still see my operations at 70%. Uh, so because of my professional development and that. And so again, how am I intentionally choosing? I'm intentionally choosing to have the business pay for a lot of my lifestyle expenses, professional development, travel when we could, and I take home less money. 
Got it. So okay. that's again, where we're making that choice. You're being intentional about it. You're not making the choice after the money's already arrived and then figuring out one is you don't have enough to pay one or the other. You're intentionally choosing what you would like to do with it before it arrives. I love that. That's awesome. And then of course, you know, some businesses have some months are greater than others, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think that also, I'm sure you'll agree with this and you maybe give a tip about it, but you know, don't spend it all every month. You know, the goal is not to get to zero because next month you might not have enough. So yeah. uh, is there like a percentage that is a safety net that you would leave that, you know, because next month we might be short. And of course we want to grow that account, right? So we yeah. can scale and we yeah. can grow, uh, you know, the business by adding, as you said, adding more resources, adding another person, adding a location. These are all like things that happen as we grow and scale, but they cost money, right? They do. Yeah. So, so how do we set up for that? Yeah, that's, that's what uh, the profit account for the profit is the account is also uh, an advanced cash handling uh, to honor the, the business owner, which is special, especially if you're a spender, uh, but creating that cushion for your account. There's two things. One is I work with a lot of coaches and consultants that do have a big swing. They'll do a launch and they'll get a lot of money that comes in and it needs to last several months. And so I usually take the money out and put it in a holding account uh, to make sure and then drip it back in over each month. So that's one way to do it, to like recognize if you're doing a launch or a lot of money is coming in for a big contract, but it's for a six month contract or a year program is that you're going to move it into a savings account, maybe earn some interest, a little bit of interest, and then do some automatic drips to put it back into your operations account to pay your expenses. Perfect. The other, the other part is, is that everyone has their own set point. I work with a client right now her her set point is $50,000 and that's what her minimum balance is in her checking. Uh, mine isn't quite that high, <laughs> but mine is about at least a month's worth of expenses. I want to make sure as we come to the end of a month that all the money to pay for the next month is already there. And if some people would like two months. And so you can also use a savings account to slowly create an account that has up to three months worth of expenses. If something should happen, you can lean into. I have a, a client right now that we're moving money aside for a construction project that she wants to do. And so we know an estimate for that. And so we're mo slowly moving savings over uh, and also a little bit of buffer to cover anything, you know, what COVID might do later. Now, all my clients that had the savings accounts um, and had some reserve money set aside when COVID initially hit, uh, they had the money to like pause and really, decide what they wanted to do, intentionally make decisions and were successful in getting back up and running, pivoting and getting back up and running really quickly. Oh, see, and that is the answer is to be prepared, right? Yeah. It's pre preparation. Yeah. It's, it's the key because, you know, and a lot of other people went down, they went under and they're still trying to come back. Yeah. And so, oh, I love that. So that is but the it's, answer. It's small steps. I want, you're not, you're, if you're looking at yourself today, uh, when I started 98% of what was coming in was already spent. And I was constantly in that hustle phase of gathering the money to just to pay the next month's bills. And so we just want to start somewhere. And so that's why I started with half a percent. So if you're finding yourself in that same position, taking one action step to make that change, just being aware that you want to make that change first step. The second step is to make a small shift 
and then it'll grow. And then each quarter, make a big, another shift, another shift. And in a year's time, you'll be amazed at what you can create. Mm. You know, <laughs> this conversation reminds me of, you know, the, the old adage of like money isn't everything, right? Well, it is everything to people that don't have any. Yeah. And, and that's like, I feel like that creates so much pressure, uh, you know, by not being prepared, not having a reserve and, and be ready because I think it consumes so much uh, of our energy, right? And our thoughts and create so much stress and anxiety. Uh, And we, and as business owners, we never want to be in that mode of that hustle. Like, you know, we don't want our clients to see like, we're desperate, right? Like, oh yeah, yes, please say yes. Right. Like, you know, I can't pay my mortgage if you don't say yes. Like we never want to be in that place. That is not empowering at all. So I love this conversation. Let's talk about this whole feminine, masculine thing when it comes to do with money and business. Help me with that. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the masculine side of the business is the doing, knowing the numbers, uh, being, you know, selling, we we feel like we have to do it this way. And mostly because males are out there teaching this. And so a lot of our self-development is learning this that we have to do. And it's not always in a, a model that really works for somebody who's creating a more intuitive, feminine, heartfelt, uh, heart-led business. And so we feel like we just ignore that. That's not us. We're not going to do this. We're, we're, we're leading this business, creating a business in a different model. What we've been taught some of it, some of the techniques are valid. So like knowing your numbers is a valid thing and finding a way that matches your strengths and abilities, visibility, like on numbers, knowing your numbers, if you add a little color to your spreadsheets, you blend the feminine with the masculine. That's usually all it takes is to change what, how you're viewing it. Not that you don't need to do it because a lot of the times the spiritual uh, business owners that I will, I will work with. Oh, I don't need to do numbers. I'm, I, I believe in manifestation. It'll just come to me. Okay. That's true. I have met amazing manifesting women and <laughs> when taxes come, they're always stressed out because now we've got to strip the account to pay the taxes. If we can create a different relationship with money, that money is going to support us, that it's going to be there. And yes, if you want to go and do that big coaching program, I know that you can manifest it. I believe in you to do that. You will just go out and create it. I I was talking with somebody the other day and uh, she went to her CPA, a man, and he was like, you can't do that. There's no way you can do that. There's, there's no way. And she's like, wait a minute, just tell me what the number is I need to create and I will do it. And then I can do it. And that's again, creating the feminine because she knew that she can manifest it and pushing back a little bit on that patriarchy that we don't have to (laughs) do it in their logical brains (laughs) uh, that we can, we can go out and create it, but we do need to blend both of it. So finding the way to look at numbers and have a different relationship like Money Monday, bringing in your intuitive tools, making sure there's a date, there's a candle, there's a reward on the other side of it, bringing in the softness when you're looking at numbers. That's how we blend the two, but it's, you know, everyone's different. So we have to find the right path for everybody. 
Uh, I love it. That's awesome. Well, this has been so great. And I would love for you to tell us about your book. You have oh, your, yeah. yeah, you have a story in a book. <laughs> I love that. You are an <laughs> author. <laughs> yes, I'm in a collaborative book. It's right here. It's called On Purpose, 12 Strategies to Reclaim Your Power and Change Your Life. Oh, and uh, you can get it on Amazon. And my coach, Aisha Cogburn, is with Platform for Purpose Incubator. And the article that my my chapter in there is uh, your best team member and your best team member is money. And so I go through it like you may have already gone through uh, some if you've hired a team member, maybe you've learned a few things that they need consistency, that they need gratitude. Money is the same way. And so I give tips on how to treat money like your best team member and bring those fun things into uh, looking at it. So uh, it was a fun article. Nobody's really written about money in that way. And so it's just a different viewpoint, I think. <laughs> I love it. And you need to appreciate it, right? You do. You do. It's, it's, it really, it, they really follow the same team. Like money loves a job description and job title. And you can put that description everywhere you see it, like in your accounting tool, on your bank statements, when you go online, it, it's especially like for uh, households, you probably have already done this. You may have had a vacation savings and you called it a vacation savings. Money knew I'm, my purpose here is to make sure this family has a great time. Why are we not doing that in our business? Why are we not creating a savings account? Like if you always want to do self-development, create a self-development account and save money. And so when you go to choose another one, it's already there. You just need to name it and, and create that intention around it. I love that's just that. one thing. <laughs> yes. I, I, I want a big travel budget. So yeah, my money is called travel budget. <laughs> yes. 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 I love that. That's awesome. Okay. And if you're listening right now, just click the link to the show notes so you can get the link to this amazing book and also be able to find Connie. Connie, tell our listeners where they can find you. Well, the best place to go is money actiontips.com and that's tips with an s and right now uh it's a choose your own adventure but uh we'll have a link for the book there and uh i want to make sure as an educator that you know what your next steps are and so there's also a way to have a free 30-minute conversation so if anything i triggered brought up any questions because we talked a lot about percentages and expenses that always kind of triggers something uh take advantage of the call i know it's usually scary they're like oh i don't know you <laughs> i don't want you to look up my skirt yet uh it's it's no there's no selling it's very calm and you're going to hear about my next ugly moment it'll be fine <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Ugly is coming up soon, right? Yes. <laughs> coming to a town near you. <laughs> okay. Well, it's so funny you said that because we are just about to head in that direction. And now a word from our sponsor, Christine Trumbull, founder of Coaching the Climb, understands the challenges of building a successful business. She's faced many of those challenges herself and helped hundreds of clients build successful businesses. With the launch of her new podcast, The Climb with Christine, you will hear the same advice she gives her clients, as well as conversations with experts in a variety of topics, including business, health, relaxation, mindset, kids, and fashion. Check it out on iTunes, The Climb with Christine, and be sure to subscribe, download, and give her a rating and review.
Alberto, you know, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners that we are going to bring them fierce female entrepreneurs and they are going to teach them tips that they can put into place right now to make a difference, right? And you did that. This was amazing. We oh, really good. dug dug deep into some real tangible things that people need yeah. to look at and can think about and be better prepared when it comes to money. Yeah. But we also promised them we, we're going to pull back the curtain and we're going to share the good, the bad, and the ugly of the journey because people hear you now. You're all over yeah. your game, right? You're playing yeah. at the top. They see your success. They see how you're making an impact and helping these business owners with their money. They have no idea what it took to get there. Yep. All they know is they want to have success like you, but they don't want to do what you had to do to get it. So let's share with that. This is so much fun. Yeah. Uh, even, even the ugly, right? We can have fun with. So yeah. let's share with our listeners. We're going to start with the good. So tell us a story about the good. The good really is uh, the, the women, the clients I get to work with. I was in a meeting. Uh, again, the reason I, I started my business was I can see the weight lifted from the client's. But the best part is I was in a meeting the other day with a client and got to see her vision really start to take form. I even cried in the meeting is that she had this big vision and it's she's putting the people in place. And for the last two years, we've been hiring and hiring and and now it's it's actually happening. There is funding. There is an office now. And that is the most exciting thing is to watch a client heal her relationship with money and then use it to make a bigger imp- the biggest impact that she wants to make. And it's going to be quite culture changing. I can't wait to see what happens next. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. I can only yeah. imagine. I see you're getting teary eyed right now. Yeah, I, am. <laughs> I, know, I know. Isn't that so cool when you're so passionate about yeah. making an impact and helping other people that you really buy into their dream and you get as excited as they do when it comes yeah. to fruition. Oh, I love that. And it just shows me where your heart is, right? Like you really are for the people. Yes. This isn't about, you know, Connie trying to build a business and make a ton of money. I mean, sure, that's how we live, but you are in it for the people. And I love that about you. Oh my gosh. Oh, so keep the crying going. <laughs> yes. Now we're about to talk about the bad. So not the ugly. We're going to save that for last, but tell us a story about the bad. The bad. Well, looking back, I mean, I had to go, what, what's bad versus ugly? So the bad really was that I created a, a, a career and a business around something I never liked and how much my worth, my identity was wrapped around this. And it took a, it took a while to unravel it. And I I can see now that that was just part of my journey to understand that, but it's amazing. It was, it was really bad at at first and like being belittling myself, making my business smaller than it needed to be because I felt that I didn't have a lot of worth. And that was, that was the baddest part is to realize that I was doing that. I was making those choices. So, um, not consciously. It was all very subconsciously. And uh, it was something it took, it took a while to heal uh, and had to work with somebody to help with that too, to recognize some of the places I was getting stuck in. 
Wow. And I love that you just said that because that's it. Like the same mind that got you where you are is not going to get you out. I feel like I need to say it to again, (laughs) a little bit louder for the people in the back of the room. OMG, you need help. If if you got yourself stuck, you are not going to get yourself unstuck by yourself. Get help. Somebody can help you, right? Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. And especially and like you're giving a 30 minute consultation, like yeah. take them, uh, take them her up on it guys, because you do need help. And that could be exactly what you need. What yeah, were you going to say? And it can be accountability, it, but I found it that I had to use coaches, use masterminds, be in a room with like-minded people, because, you know, that's why you listen to this podcast is when you're in a room with people that have gone through business, these are not, uh, these are not uncommon stories. I have found that these are very common among a lot of my clients. It's just, nobody talks about it in, in proper networking or in a family dinner or anything like that. So putting yourself in spaces where you can like learn from others and be there with them, they'll hold you and they'll hold you accountable and they'll hold you as you walk through those. Isn't that the truth? It's like we have so much shame around money when we're not doing it right. And I mean, whoever justifies what right is, right, or determines, but that is so true. And that's like the last, you don't want to be like, hi, I'm Connie and, you know, or I'm Cammy and I have this much amount of debt. And I remember there was a time when I was in that place and I took the Dave Ramsey course and got myself right out. And so, but somebody has to help you. And, you know, that was just the surface level. Like you, you need to continue that with someone else, you know, and continue that journey as an ongoing thing. Like I learned some principles from that, but that wasn't like my ongoing accountability. And I I really believe that everyone needs that. And I just love that you're providing that for people um, with again, education and experience. So with that note, let's move on to the ugly, the ugly. And this, this was a hard thing to talk about is that as an accounting professional that I went into business growth without any plan, without a a financial plan, without a marketing plan or anything. And I just kept throwing money left and right. As I was growing, it was like, I had gone through the hustle phase of growing the business and then decided to grow, went through hustle again and kept throwing money at it. I had the beautiful space. I had three team members. It was crazy. And six years after I grew, I was sitting there trying to figure out how to make rent, how to pay my employees. I was 50,000 in debt and I had not paid myself. And I had to come to the realization that I had, I had a problem with debt. I I had this, (laughs) it's, it's, it's funny now, but I, I was reliant on debt. It was serving me somehow. It was serving me to be in debt and to carry it, but it was so heavy. And as a business owner at that moment in time, I I couldn't figure out how to get out of it. I was like, what do I do? I can't, I I, I have this lease. I, I didn't know there was, it felt like there was nothing I could do that I had to continue doing this bookkeeping that I hated And it just felt like my life was going to end. And slowly and surely I made steps to make that reduction. And it's still a healing process for me. But debt was was something I had to learn how to figure out uh, why am I being served by this? Why does it help my life somehow? And 
what can I do to be less sufficient or less, less, uh, needing it? Um, I can't think of the word this morning. <laughs> I haven't had enough coffee in my brain, uh, but less dependent on debt and the cash handling system helped. It helped me become less dependent on it. And now I use debt. I, I think it's still something we can use it. You know, Dave Ramsey was like, no debt, no debt. And I'm like, well, I think maybe a little, <laughs> there's a, if you can use it healthy, there's a, there's a couple of reasons you might use debt. Uh, and so I lean more towards that, but yeah, I, and I had to come clean with my husband at the time. The ugly part was he had no idea what was going on in the business. And I had to heal that wound as well. That wound around money about making him for some reason, the principal or father figure of my business who had, he had nothing to do with it. And so there were a lot of money wounds I had to heal through that process. Just identifying that debt was the first step of it, but yeah, it had gotten pretty ugly and it's, it's amazing. You, I can know numbers. I can know all the book knowledge and the tax knowledge and still have a unhealthy relationship with money and debt. That was what was really the ugly part of it. Mm. So what would you say to people listening? How would they know that they have an unhealthy relationship with money? Um, well, the first step was even as an accounting professional, I didn't want to look at my numbers. I would, wasn't doing regular updates. Um, I was doing them, you know, late at night and just quickly brushing through them. Uh, my clients, their unhealthy relationship is they're not looking at their statements. They have no idea why their credit card is so getting higher and higher. Um, for me also, every time I would travel, my credit cards would be at max. <laughs> there would be no room. They would like, somebody would need to send me a new card. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand what's going on here. Uh, and you're starting to feel a little resentful to your business because you're working and working and you don't feel like you're getting anything from it. You probably are. And that's one of the things I didn't realize was that yes, the business was paying for my lifestyle, was paying for my professional development, was paying for my travel, my cell phone. If I was an employee, none of that would have been covered. And I hadn't realized that that was adding to my life. I was very much needing to change how I felt that the business was supporting my lifestyle. And so you may feel, start a feeling a little resentment in your business. And that's a key as well. Oh, these are so good. So I want to take you back to what you said in the beginning of this part, which was that the debt was serving you or there was like yeah. a purpose for it. Can you share what that was? I mean, I, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I feel like people need to know like part of the, what part of the healing, what you like, what was the realization that you found around this that was causing all this problem? Yeah. And so there's a couple of books out there. Existential Kink is one book that will talk about this. Uh, another one is Access Consciousness um, being by Dr. Dane Herr, her, uh, being you, I think is the name of it. Um, but they both talk about how are these things adding to our life? And usually what we're doing and we're and this also happens when people hit glass ceilings about earnings is what are what family unit we came from what did our family 
think about money? What, how did they use debt? Um, and coming from a single parent at, for a long time, and then you know what people called middle middle class uh, debt was always a conversation. We can't afford that. And so when I got to be an adult and I got to have credit cards, you know, that's how it was, it was that freedom. It was that, you know, I, I can now go and spend all my things again as a spender. It was, it was helping me uh, have those endorphin hits and I would need more endorphin hits and more endorphin hits. And so that's, that was helping serve me and creating that what I could, thought was freedom at the time in quotes, uh, it wasn't, it was a ball and chain. And, uh, but that's what I thought about it because my parents didn't give me enough education around money. We didn't get education around money at, in schools. We were just like, here, go out into life and, you know, figure it out as you go. Well, you know, sometimes we don't figure it out as well. And like my brother who got into, um, he went into the service and came home with eight credit cards eight credit cards. And I remember sitting across the table from him and helping him cut those cards up. It's, it's, we have to learn it along the way. And so for me, it was helping me have my spender moment and that freedom, what I thought was freedom. And I was also finding myself repeating the, the process that my family had. And I needed to create a new model for that. Oh my gosh. I love that. You know, I have often heard from my wealthy friends that they have money meetings like, and you know, you wonder what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? But they would have monthly money meetings and talk about investing, saving, buying stocks, you know, uh, selling, you know, all of the things. And I, at first, uh, thought that was strange. I was like a monthly money meeting, like what, but the, like the, the, the mom and the dad would get together with the young adult children and, and teenagers, and they would have monthly money meetings. I want to really encourage people to get back yeah. to that practice, even if you're mm -hmm. not wealthy, because I think that's what creates wealth, but it yeah. definitely teaches as a child, you mentioned that you didn't have any education around that. And I mean, wouldn't you agree that if your parents had a monthly money meeting, if, I mean, maybe they didn't even have what it takes. Like I know mine didn't, no. you know, my mom was a spender and my dad was like, you know, pay cash or you can't afford it. So yeah. I had mixed signals, but wow. Right. That is yeah. so powerful. So I really want to take a second to just encourage parents out there Teach your kids. They're not learning what they need to know in school. They don't know about credit scores. They don't know about investing. You know, they're learning this crazy math, <laughs> you know, but they're not learning how to apply it to real life. And that's yeah. what we really need right now, especially yeah. right now in the world that and they're growing up in. And there's some great books out there to help teach all of that. Uh, and um, I know Dave, ha Dave Ramsey has a couple of great books um, around it, but there's a lot of tools out there that parents can use to help with that education piece, especially if, you know, they didn't get it and they need to expand. You can make it a family event, but you really are going to help your child change their generational wealth patterns by having more conversations.
And that's what we're talking about here, right? Yeah. Is generational wealth. And it's not too soon to create that, right? No. And to really be in that mindset. Oh, this has been such a great conversation. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you for letting me really dig deep. I know I dug deep here and <laughs> I appreciate it so much because this is such, such a big topic. As we head into a new year, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. You can set yourself up for 2022 to do the right things, to give up the shouldas, couldas, woulda's, and be able to set yourself up to step into your greatest money story yet. And thank you for that, because you really just gave us the tools to do that. Awesome. Thank you, Cammie. This was a great conversation today. Oh, and listen, before we say goodbye, I want you yeah. to finish a sentence for me. Okay. The world would be a better place if more people knew blank. Oh, if more people knew that money was a, was a tool to build that generation, to, to create what they want, that it's, it's not good or bad. It's simply a tool for us to be intentional and create the, the vision that we want for the world. I think that's the thing is talk more about money, create, heal your relationship with it and, uh, and, and then use it, use it to make the change you want to see in the world. I love it. Oh my gosh, you guys. Thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget to hit at the bottom of the podcast and give a rating and review for this great, great value that Connie provided for you today. And I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you are face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl. <laughs> Get back up. You can do it. Tell them, Connie. You can. You can. It's only for a moment. Your body just needs to release the anxiety. You can get back up and do it. <laughs> get back up, girl. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.